December 11th, 2016. You're listening to the world's greatest podcast, Hyphenation, and I am your host, Kellen Conley, coming to you live from Victory Jump Off Studios 7.0. Back again, (laughs) so to speak. I haven't even edited one drop of 26 yet. And I had this opportunity to come down here and talk to y'all again. So I was like, why not? Let me let me just go ahead and do that and get that out of my system. That's the kind of person I am. So how's everybody doing now? (laughs) Hopefully you're yeah, I I know there's going to be a little gap in between these episodes. Hopefully everything's all right with you. Hopefully you appreciate that uh, you're getting more hyphenation goodness funny thing is I've been as I was working on the topics for 26 I was also working on the topics for 27 because I was like man that's a lot of topics let me go ahead and slide these into 27 so those uh breaking case of emergency um topics did not have to be broached for this episode either hyphenation is sponsored by the marc the mark rob wordpress.com and Handsome Bane. Find Handsome Bane on YouTube, on Instagram, and on Facebook. You need to be watching Handsome Bane. Anytime there's new new content. You need to be reading the Mark Rob.wordpress.com by Marcus Robinson. Both of them are very good friends of mine and proud sponsors of Hyphenation, the world's greatest podcast. I, I really don't have a lot to, like, you know, because it's been only, at this point, about 24 hours since I was recording 26, and I really don't have anything like, you know, I've been all right, um, you know, um, this happened a little bit, and I don't have anything to kind of lead up to the topics with. I don't have a monologue, so to speak. I mean, because this is what I did all day hung out with Aaliyah. Angel had something to do in the morning. She came back. We worked on cleaning out our garage some more because we're working on getting all the stuff. Yeah, we've been in this house for six months now. We don't have all the stuff out of the garage. Working on finally getting that clear enough where we can get at least her vehicle in the garage in the mornings and so that her and Aaliyah can pull right into the house, so to speak, in the mornings. Working on that. Um... I played a lot of WWE 2K14, which is actually a recommendation um, that I just threw on threw on here. Um, put away, well, <laughs> put away is a loose term. Brought a lot of stuff down to the basement. A lot of stuff that I still need to unpack um, and find places thing places for things. Um, what else did I do? I, I I really didn't do much beyond that. I mean, chilled, watched some TV. Played 2K14. 
So I've I've had a good Saturday. You know, I mean, it didn't have it's bitter cold here here in Morgantown. Very very cold. The temperature dropped eh, three or four days ago, and it's it feels like it's in the teens. I think the actual temperature is in the twenties, but it feels like it's in the teens. This episode is sponsored by H two O. Drink it. But yeah, it's been colder than a mug here in Morgantown. Um, tomorrow night is the Walking Dead uh, mid-season finale. By the time you hear this, it'll be over. But I'm going to throw my prediction out there. I'm thinking that Carl dies. Um, only because if you're a reader of the comics, spoiler, Judith died at the prison along with Lori. And... So I feel like the show has been mirroring the comic book so much with the Negan storyline so far that I feel like they need to do something drastic to kind of not write the ship, so to speak, because as even though my my attention span is waning and even though the the ratings are down, The Walking Dead is at least going to see season nine. We can all bet on that. I don't. I can't imagine season eight being so bad and the ratings tanking so bad they don't renew it. But season nine will more than likely happen. It might possibly be the last season of Walking Dead. But they need to do something to shake it up. And the last episode of Negan and Carl was excellent. It was um it was the kind of thing that I that if I got more of that I would stay tuned into the show after the season. But just from the previews and stuff, it's like, man, like something has to happen to kind of push along the rest of the season. Like you can't have nothing happen like other than Rick and Aaron goes across this moat to get to this house and all these walkers in it. Aaron might also be biting a bullet, biting a bullet. He might also be dying too because that, that moat had a lot of walkers in it. It wasn't a moat. It was a damn lake pond at best that this that this guy had built his house on and filled it with walkers. And then he hell he might still be alive in there. Who who knows? So I am excited to see what happens in this ninety minute mid season finale. But I'm also thinking in order for them to push the season along and give people a reason to stay tuned in for the rest of season seven. Carl is going to have to die. Um, I also believe that because of the, I guess, rumor that Chandler Riggs is uh, gearing up to go to college soon. Because uh, Walking Dead started in, I, I think, I think I read it from a reputable site, that he's geared up to start college soon and he won't be on the show anymore. And it would be really difficult for them to do what I've always recommended that they do with somebody, which was lose, um, lose somebody from the show and just don't show what's going on with them. Like legit. Um, I, I felt like there's spots that could have done that with Michonne. They could have done that with Daryl where you can give the actor time away from the show without killing them. And, I don't think they could do that with Carl because if Carl's not around, then uh, Rick's main mission is going to be to find Carl all the time. Carl, 
where are you? It'll be Sophia in season two all over again. And so they find the body because they literally searched for that girl until the bitter end until she walked out of that barn. Spoilers. If you ain't spoilers. So that's tomorrow night. I get my homeboy back. One of my best friends, Thomas Crawford has been sick with bronchitis and touched the flu and everything. It's like the third time and, six or eight weeks that he's been down sick and he's actually going to be coming back to the house for the first time in about two or three weeks. I think it's been three weeks now because Thomas, um, he works nights. Um, so he works nights for WVU Monday through Friday. And then normally either when walking dead's not on Saturday night and when walking dead's on Sunday, he'll come over and hang out and, play with Aaliyah and just kick it for a while and then watch Walking Dead and sometimes we'll go home and sometimes it'll just crash whatever that's what the basin's for that's what stu- Victory Jump Off Radio Victory Jump Off <laughs> Victory Jump Off Studios is for mostly for guest accommodations and so I'll be happy to see him and Gotta, we got to go run errands tomorrow, though. I'm not looking forward to that. I'm hoping the temperature gets a little higher, but I am bundling up. 100%. Bundling up, son. Let me talk a little football. I don't think I mentioned this at all on 26. My Raiders, 10-3 and three now after a, t- a tough loss to the Chiefs on Thursday night. It was a short week. Um, did not play well. One of our linemen was out sick. And Chris Collinsworth would not leave it alone and said, look how bad our running game is because of it for most of the game. Even though I thought Latavius Murray did his thing, the cold definitely got to Derek Carr. He wasn't playing as well. He he wasn't putting his injured pinky on the ball a lot of the times. Never really got in the groove. Defense stepped up in the second half, held the Chiefs scoreless in the second after going into halftime at 21-10, but forced a couple turnovers and we couldn't capitalize. We only came away with three more points in the second half. So we lost 21-13. to 13. And you know what? I'm quite okay with that. And I will tell you why. Our next three opponents are the Chargers in San Diego, the Colts in Oakland, and the Broncos in Denver. I'm not sure who the Chiefs are playing, but the Chiefs are the Chiefs. And they're Andy Reid coach team. Not mid-2000s Andy Reid coach team. This is late career Andy Reid. So I fully expect that the Chiefs will lose again at some point, And we will win out. And then we'll finish the season at 13-3 and and have a high seed in the AFC and possibly a first-round bye. So I am not worried at all. And I, I'm glad that we stumbled here versus possibly winning out and going 14-2. and and then going to play also 14 and 2 and then blowing it because we hadn't lost in so long. I think we needed to taste defeat again. And this is the right place for a loss. So, Raider Nation, take it from me, the creator of Hyphen Nation, the podcast, not the punctuation. <laughs> Yo, I just rap. <laughs> um, I'm promise I'm sober. That was a weird laugh. Um, Raider Nation, take it from me, the creator of Hyphenation, not the punctuation, just the podcast. Put it down once and you'll know that it will last. 
See, that's where you could tell I started freestyling. Um, the Raiders will be all right. The Raiders will make the playoffs. And I, I think we'll finish with a high seed. I don't think we'll be in a wild card game. So just win, baby. That's your Raiders update. I know that's what y'all tune in for is for my football updates. I still can't believe that my first five episodes <laughs> consisted of predicting the NFL playoffs. I haven't listened to those episodes since I've recorded them. I know that episode four, I believe, was the one about the first nine NFL episode. But I really spent four episodes just talking football. I mean, they were shorter episodes. So I would never do that now. And that that's crazy that in 12 months I've come that far in these 27 episodes to know what not to do and what not to wear. Shout out to TLC and Stacey London. What up, Stacey London? Finally, first topic, fantasy football again. So one of the questions that Marcus sent me, and if you listen to 26, you'll know that Marcus sent me a list of questions. And also, I am looking for all kinds of questions from all walks of life for episode 30. That's going to be the question, the Q and a episode, send them to be hyphen at gmail.com B H Y P H E N at gmail.com. You can at me on Twitter. You can uh, message me at facebook.com slash resilient redundancies. Um, send them there and I will do a mailbag episode. The first ever for episode 30 hyphenation. And like I said, in 26, I'm hoping to get that done before 2017 gets here. So please, please, please submit multiple questions, whatever format. Mike Lamb, I know you're going to get on this. Um, Mr. Greenlee will get on this. Um, anybody who's who, who hears my voice and is a fan of my voice and a fan of the greatest podcast in the world. The world's best podcast. I sincerely would appreciate it if you guys would send me questions for episode 30. So I don't just read Marcus's and be like, all right, guys, that's it. See you. Uh, thanks, y'all. Be like a 15, 20 minute episode. I'll do it. Think I won't. 100%. <laughs> that's not a threat. That's a promise. So. In one of my leagues, one of my pay leagues, because I'm now in four leagues, I joined Lane's league because one of his guys dropped out after a a little argument with Lane about policies and procedures because what happened is Lane's like, well, not Lane, Lane's friend says to Lane, can I use your phone to do fantasy football in our league? And Lane's like, sure. My rule, though, is since it's my phone and I'm letting you use it, don't pick up Thomas Rawls. I'm pretty sure it was Thomas Rawls. His friend proceeds to use his phone after Lane explicitly said, as commissioner, don't use my phone to pick up Thomas Rawls um, because I'm allowing you to sit here and do it right now. He goes and picks up Thomas Rawls. So Lane goes and takes him off his team and puts him on his team. Now, they're both wrong. I will say that right now. I would have allowed it as commissioner. All's fair in love and war. All's fair in love and wardrobe. Shout out to Stephanie Simons. And in all honesty, it shouldn't have been a big deal. 
it should have been water under the bridge, whatever. But no, Lane, Lane was petty. He was petty about it. Shout out to Lane for being petty. And he took the, Thomas Rawls back, put him on his roster. Dude got mad, dropped his whole roster, said I quit. So Lane said, hey, I need somebody to run this team. I already put all the players back. You can run this team for the rest of the season for me. I was like, cool, because Lane did the same thing for me when my league, Taco Snell, decided that he was sick of playing fantasy football like six or seven weeks in. So in my – it's it's a money league too, and I didn't have to pay, which is awesome. So I still have a shot at the money there. But in Elite Talent, where I won the championship two years ago on the back of – a Monday night thriller between the Bengals and the Broncos where I had Emmanuel Sanders and Jeremy Hill and Drew, good friend Drew, um, Drew uh, Retton had, um, I don't think he, he might have had Giovanni. He definitely had Emmanuel Sanders. And I, th- I think he had Giovanni. <laughs> so we were literally playing. It was, it was a crazy Monday night game and I watched it down the wire and and I won my first fantasy football championship in, uh, that was 14, right? Yeah, so my first fantasy football championship in seven years, and I took home the money and the trophy. So, with that said, in this league, I, on like Tuesday or something, I look, I look at the look at everybody who made the playoffs. I'm like, all right, six people made the playoffs. Dope. That means there's two spots left. And since there's those two spots left, here's what I'm thinking. Me and this guy Bradford's going to battle it out for one of the last two playoff spots. And so I'm super pumped all week thinking that I, I didn't blow it and that my injuries did not hurt me. And I'd be able to get into this, get into the playoffs. Jonathan, the commissioner of the league and another good friend of mine, who will be getting married eventually, him and his uh wife wife him and his girlfriend Aaron got engaged over the summer he came over to visit me on Sunday and he, I was hanging Christmas lights outside I was outside all day Sunday doing chores it was awful <laughs> I was picking up leaves that had been neglected for months and uh hanging Christmas lights and it was just the worst but as my Raiders came back on the bills even though he was he was clearly worried because because Jonathan he he's a Raiders fan, but he's also a Browns fan, so he's a two team man, which means he's not really faithful to any either one. So it's like I know he loves them both, and that's cool, but at the same time, it, it just bugs me. And I may have said this before on the podcast. It's just like pick one, just just pick a team, Jonathan, please. But. He's like, oh, I saw your message about uh, the playoffs and stuff. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally psyched that I have a shot to still be in the playoffs. He's like, how many playoff spots is in that league? I said, eight. So I always thought it was six. Like, no, I'm pretty sure it's eight. Wait. You're right. Shit. It is only six. Damn it. So I missed the playoffs in Elite. In seventh place, with the third highest point total in the league, all because I went six and seven. So I'm out 20 bucks in that league, which I still haven't paid him. He hasn't noticed yet, but I will have to pay him his $20 when it, very soon so that he can pay it out to the winner of the league. And 
Yeah. Six and seven, third most points in the league, missed the playoffs. Like, seriously. That just makes me sad. <laughs> it just makes me sad to know that uh, I can't come through in the clutch. Not in that league. So one of Marcus's questions was, are you really going to quit fantasy football? And let me tell you how sure I am about this, right, as of right now. I haven't done any fantasy football stuff barely all week other than check injury updates when they pop up on my phone. I've read a little bit of stuff, but still. I could care less about fantasy football tomorrow. Could still totally, well not could still, still totally in the football itself, in the NFL itself. But fantasy football, I'm just so over. I'm I'm waiting for it to be done at this point. And I'm still in the hunt for money in two of my leagues. And I, I, I have this feeling though that I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna keep saying it like, yeah, I'm not doing a li- I'm not doing fantasy football, I'm not doing fantasy football, I'm not doing fantasy football, and then June will get here. I might start getting that itch. July will get here and I'll start getting that itch. Start seeing the fantasy football magazines coming out. Start seeing random fantasy comments being made. Monster Long never stops drafting. He's always mock drafting year round. He he will mock draft as a way to calm his nerves. He never stops mock drafting. He doesn't. He does not stop. So he will be talking about, oh, I just did a mock draft. It'll be March. <laughs> Like, dude, why you do a mock draft in March? Just calms me. Like, I, all right, yo. I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it. If that's what if that's what Monster Lung needs to keep him placid, so to speak, so be it. I just I just know I'll get that urge in the summer, and then preseason will start up, and I don't know what I'm going to do about. The league, like the one league that I'm running, is like the the my uh, one of my Facebook group chats. Um, I mentioned them on the show before. It's called a League of Extraordinary um, Niggas. I'm just gonna say it. League of Extraordinary Niggas is a Facebook group group chat uh, that I'm a part of, and I did our fantasy football league this year. So that is not too much of a big deal. It's not for money. Someone will pick it up and run with it, or they just won't do it. So whatever. Elite will be really hard because this will be the first year ever that I'm missing Elite. Because I've been an Elite talent the whole time since Jonathan has been running it. So that'll be really sad. Um, I probably won't even be in Lane's League because it's a $50 buy-in. And I wouldn't, he asked me when I first got, the, um, got my new job. And he and I told him I couldn't do it just because I couldn't really afford it. Um, to throw just toss around fifty dollars like that and then the gridiron conglomerate will be going into its third season but if i'm not playing there's no commissioner there's a couple people qualified to be commissioner and i would love to find a way to be commissioner without having to play football and i don't know if that's possible i feel like that should be an option I think that's more fair, especially to the more established leagues that you have a bipartisan um, 
commissioner who doesn't have a team and can be fair with issues and kind of really just commission all year long. I am uh, Googling gifting iTunes music because uh, I was trying to send some to Heather, uh, like the new Tribe album and possibly in my album, Senior Understand, which is available on iTunes right now. Or for free at syu.behyphen.com. Um, but I just, I just don't think it'll be there. Like angels ask me, "Tom, like, you really not gonna do fancy football?" I'm like, I just want to take a year off. I just want to know what life is like without fancy football. I do the same thing with my brackets. Um, and mark with March Madness, because there'll be years I just, I don't think I did brackets last year. Year before I did like one or two. Year before that I did like ten. So I'll just, there'll be years that I just go in on these brackets for the NCAA tournament and other years I'm like, eh, don't want to. Because I'll be so bitter about my bracket getting busted. And while, and fancy's not so much being bitter about the outcome as of yet, other than the playoff miss, I do get a buy in the Constellation playoffs. Yippee. But for serious, I, I just, I, It'll be nice to not have to worry and just be able to watch football. Already blew through all my FanDuel money. I only put like 10 in. I had a couple FanDuel leagues that never really caught on um, that I tried to do this year. But when I ran out of FanDuel money, it's like whatever. I really did. And I was in a couple of games or I won a couple bucks, but nothing to keep me playing consistently, which is sad. I do like doing FanDuel. I'm just not good at it yet. So... Fantasy football continues to be the monkey on my back. Wish me luck in the first round of um, the playoffs, though, in the gridiron conglomerate in the playoffs. And I think in Lane's League, the playoffs start, too. For some reason, I messed up something. And you can't. The playoffs don't start in my um, other league. In my ESPN. No, not my ESPN league. In my league that I have for the group chat. I don't know what I did wrong or whether we started a week late. I can't remember for sure. I'm trying to see if I'm in the playoffs in Lane's League real quick. Hold on. Pulling up my roster. Pulling up my roster. Um, Standings. Let's see. Not what I wanted. Podcast 101 right here, folks. Scores. Yep, first round. I am in the playoffs in uh, Lane's League as well. And then also in Gridiron Conglomerate again. I know I already said that. So wish me luck. Maybe I'll win some money. Maybe the taste of victory will be too sweet to pass up. And I will uh, come back next year. But it's not looking good. Just to be completely honest with it's not looking good. All right, so next topic, Golden State Warriors. If you listen to episode, I want to say 18, yeah, it was 18, because 19 was was E, 20 was uh, the Sasha Banks, Scott Hansen. hey girl, you want to come over and watch some Red Zone? Episode 20 was that. I can't 
get behind the Warriors at all. I can't. I can't watch them play. Like it's such a dramatic shift from where we were in January, where I was like, "You have to watch the Warriors." Steph Curry's must see TV. You have to. They're going. They're they are making history. They're going to break the Bulls' record. Yada yada yada. And now I'm like, I don't want to see them. No desire. Some of that stems from me pulling for the Cavs so hard in the NBA Finals, which obviously worked out for the Cavs. But some of it just comes from a pure, typical hyphen place of hate. I mean, I don't know what the record is. I'm not going to look it up. I think they might have three losses at best, if not still at two, last I checked. I just don't care. I I don't care. I don't care to see Draymond kick dudes in the nuts. I don't care to see Clay score 60 in 30 minutes. Good for him. Like, Matt was texting me like, yo, Clay dropped 60. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I I didn't care when Clay set the record for most points in the third quarter, in a quarter like two seasons ago. I didn't care. Not a care at all. I think I hate I'm a little hating on Lane on Lane hating on Clay a little bit a little light skin hate there I don't know I was like I don't care good for good for Clay Clay I don't know where Clay went to college but Clay feels like someone who went to Trajan Langdon sorry I'll get to that in a second Clay reminds me of somebody who went to Duke and I don't like Duke I don't like Duke at all and that actually reminds me of another topic I want to cover real quick before I get out of here later um yeah I just I don't know like I respect what he did to the Thunder in game six last year I thought that was amazing he was shooting the lights out but at the same time if I had to pick if Clay was the if I had to pick teams and Clay Thompson's on the court, I'm not going to pick Clay Thompson. That's just kind of hater I am. And y'all can say, y'all, you crazy. You're going to leave one of the league's deadliest shooters on, 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 off your team. You're right. Something about Clay just rubs me the wrong way. I can't put my finger on it. Steph has regressed. I told you this earlier this year in the early episodes. I said, you need to be watching what Steph Curry's doing now because Steph is not going to play like this again. Of course, the narrative's all about Russell Westbrook averaging a triple-double. But I've heard very little about Steph himself other than your normal Steph stuff. Steph can shoot. Steph can dribble. Steph can't play defense, you know. he's not. His moment has possibly passed because he did set the record for most threes in an NBA game. Recently, finally, that record stood for years. I don't, I, I can't understand how it took him this long to break that record. But he finally did it. So shout out to Steph for doing that. I do love Iguodala. Do love that guy. He's cool. Trying to think somebody else is on the Warriors. Hmm. Hmm. I got I got Draymond, I got Clay, got Steph, got Iggy. Of course Harrison Barnes is gone. I don't even know who runs the five or the, the five for them most of the time. 
of course, I ain't going to talk about Durant. Which makes me sad to say that because Kevin Durant was one of my favorite players in the NBA. And I'm still holding this grudge so hard. And who I can't think of who I was arguing with the other day about this. It might have been E. Where E's like, it's okay, let him go get his let him do what he wants to do. It's his life. He he needs to live it. I'm okay that he left OKC. I'm okay that he left OKC too. I was prepared for him to go to the Spurs. Which as as I perceived him to be before, I, I saw him to be a student of the game, someone who loved playing basketball. So the opportunity to go to San Antonio and play for Greg Popovich at one of the highest levels of possible in the NBA, I could see that totally. The part that gets me is, again, losing the 3-1 lead to the Warriors, and then, which is recent, um, another thing that's recently come out is, he was starting to get giddy as the Cavs started to come back on the Warriors because he saw his opening to come to Golden State. Because apparently he didn't believe that Golden State would want him if they repeat it. Which is which I can see that. Why would you break up the team chemistry, even for Kevin Durant, especially when you just won your second? NBA title in a row. Totally get that. But that's that's the part that bugs me. It's just it's just like why why go to them? All there's all the other teams in the NBA and a handful of them are competitors. And you still if you went out of OKC fine, it doesn't matter what you told um Donovan, it doesn't matter what you told Clay Bennett or any of the Warriors or any of the um or Warriors, any of the Thunder front office or any of your teammates or anybody that you may have saw in the street in Oklahoma City. If you wanted to go, go. Go get your money, Kevin Durant. The problem for me is that you picked the team that not only just beat you, it's not like they beat you four or five or six. No, they came back from three one and beat you. I I just can't comprehend not wanting to avenge that in some way, even if it's not with the same team that I blew the lead with. But I guess some dudes just aren't really as competitive as I once thought, I guess. So I'm just, I'm just over the Warriors. Now, granted, I have not really watched an NBA game. I kind of watched the Cavs Bulls last week at ease. I haven't watched anything like that. Like I'm just not there yet because it's hard for me to switch between football and basketball. And when I was younger, I never really noticed that I could go between the sports when they were both on. But now, especially with how invested I am into fantasy football, it's all about fantasy football first and foremost which leads to football, and somewhere down the line, the NBA starts rolling in. And I start thinking about all those things I got to deal with. Well, not deal with, but all those things that um, go along with being an NBA fan. Better phrasing. Edit. Phrasing. (laughs) 
uh, I just, I'm just, man, I don't care if they beat the record they beat last year. I, I just don't care. I mean, I don't care if it's a Cavs-Warriors rematch. I'll get pulled for the Cavs. Warriors win, Warriors win. I just, it's, it's 2K to me. Everybody's like, well, it's not really 2K because they had to make some moves, make room for KD, and it's not that simple, and KD's learning this, and Billy Donovan's still trying to, not Billy Donovan, um, who is their coach? Who is their coach? Steve, oh, Steve Kerr is still trying to manage minutes and figure out what goes where. No, no, he's not. The Thunder are a 2K. Damn it. The Warriors are a 2K team. I want to watch, if I want to watch the Warriors play 2K, I'll turn on my PS3. Thank you very much. Next topic. I've been saying trash a lot. And I don't know where it started. But whenever I don't like something, like the Warriors, it's trash. The Warriors are trash. Kevin Durant's trash. Steve Kerr is awesome. Plus, he helped the Bulls get those last three rings. Um, Let's see. It's trash that Misha Tate retired. Mountaineers football team is trash. Yeah, I said it. And now everybody, you know, the Mountaineer fans like, how are you going to talk about the Mountaineers like that? That's messed up. We're we're 10 and 2. We're not trash. As uh, Mike covered, Osti covered on U92 last Sunday when we did our little U92 alumni shift. The Mountaineers were 10 and 2 in a weakened Big 12, and we didn't beat anybody. We lost Oklahoma State, and we lost Oklahoma. We didn't beat anyone else because all the Big 12 teams that are normally good, the TCUs, the Kansas States, the Baylors, were all down this season. So there really wasn't any competition for us to go see and for us to go beat other than Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. That's why we're 10-3, and 10-2. The Raiders are 10-3. and three. It also bugs me a lot about Skylar Howard's unhappiness with being booed and how he's generally disliked by the Mountaineer faithful when it's obviously more on Dana's calling and the offensive coordinator's calling um, as to why it's things aren't working. But, you know, that's, that's Mountaineers football team is trash because I feel like the U is going to defeat them soundly, and I will be cheering for the U. I'll get into it in a minute. Because the Mountaineers are trash. like, and, and I just, I don't know why all of a sudden trash is just a cool thing for me to say. Like, I was playing 2K, WWE 2K14 earlier, and I lost some tag match on a technicality. Computer didn't respond to me trying to break up a pen or something. And uh, I was like, that's trash. So, so right now, I, I, 2016 has been trash for the most part as far as deaths go and Trump and a whole slew of other things I can't think of right now. So I uh, beget to you, bequeath to you, the word trash go forth into the world 
and tell your loved ones or your non-loved ones or people you don't even know or your acquaintances or your good friends. Tell them what is and what isn't trash. It'll make you feel good. It's better than calling it, I don't know, shit. Maybe maybe I'm trying to pr- pr- make... Maybe I'm trying to have less cursing. That's what it is. I'm trying to take just curb the cursing one word at a time. Trash feels good. It's trash. It's fun to say, you know. Trash. Oh, you look like trash, bro. Man, she looked like trash. Man, sex is trash. You know. I don't need to be saying that last one at all, or I'm a nice person. Half of those things. Or most of those things. All of those things. That's the word I'm looking for. But uh, that's just from me to you. Things can be trash. And speaking of trash. Oh, well, this fits right in. Next topic. In my ongoing battle with fast food and trying to not eat it as much. I have been doing better. I was going on a tear between McDonald's and between McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's going back and forth. But the thing is, when I did that, I was always making sure to get certain things. Like I get the McChickens, I get the burger, um, the cheeseburgers, just a regular cheeseburger from McDonald's, get the 10 for $1.49 nuggets from, um, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Burger King. And at Wendy's, I normally just get a burger and fries and, it's always been on point. Well, I have been not going out to eat as much lately and trying to not eat fast food. I successfully passed up on Chick-fil-A on Monday, Tuesday, 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 I think. Um, yeah, because I was on the way home and Angel asked me to stop and pick it up. I worked in a mall with Chick-fil-A for three and a half years. I ate a lot of Chick-fil-A in that time. Chick-fil-A makes lovely chicken sandwiches and lovely food overall. But Chick-fil-A, for some reason, I just don't go for it like that. Like when like Angel gets so let's go Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, yay, Chick-fil-A. I'm like, eh, I'm all right. I'll get a milkshake or something, you know. I, just, I, I don't know. I'm guessing it's the overexposure from the mall. That's the only thing I can think of. As to why I have no desire to eat this delicious chicken. Try to scoot up. There we go. If I bump the mic, I'm sorry. Yep, I bumped the mic. Lord, forgive me for I've sinned by bumping the microphone just to stay on top. Lord, forgive me. Yo, I've I've had 50 cents on on my brain today. Um... Because that is from, I think that's from 50 Cent of the Future. Um, so it might be Ghetto Quran. It might not be. Um, yeah, it's from 50 Cent of the Future. Or it could be from Power of a Dollar. I can't remember. But I feel like it was 50 Cent of the Future. And earlier I was singing a, a little ditty known as, I smell pussy. Is that you, Ja? I smell pussy. Is that you, Earth? I smell pussy. Is that you, Black? Y'all niggas is pussy. That's my favorite era of 50. I think that's everybody's favorite era of 50. Mixtape 50 leading up to get Richard Dye trying. And 
honestly, you might little known fact, um, 50 is one of my favorite rappers. Like, I was a big fan of the Curtis album, a big fan of the fourth album. What was it called? I was, it wasn't Animal Ambition. Whatever his fourth album was called, if it wasn't Animal Ambition, whatever that album was, I was really impressed with that. And a lot of his mixtapes he was still putting out a few years ago, I was a big fan of. Once he did the SMS headphones thing, I uh, was around the same time that I started getting behind on his music. And I have not listened to anything other than the G-Unit, um, one of the G-Unit EPs that came out last year. And like a little mixtape featuring all the G-Unit uh, mixtapes, G-Unit reunion mixtape stuff that they were doing. But yeah, I've been in a, I've been in a 50 mood. So, avoided Chick-fil-A. On Wednesday, took the day off with Angel. And then I was out. And Angel's like, hey, on your way home, why don't you pick up some foods? So I said, you want some Wendy's? She's like, yeah, go ahead and some Wendy's. So she gets the, the um, I always want to say artisan. It's the Asiago chicken um, sandwich. She always gets that. She always gets the home style normally if she goes through Wendy's. And I was like, I don't really want a burger this time. Because, uh, I mean, I could have totally eaten a burger. But I was like, I'm going to go for some chicken. Because I previously had spicy chicken from Wendy's. And I thought it was really good. So I went ahead and just got the regular home style chicken from Wendy's. Got home. Angel's eating our food. I ate my food. It was trash. I don't even know what it was. Like It was just bland and it just didn't taste good. I mean, it was it was adequately warm. Mine just, just wasn't what I had hoped. Which is which was disappointing. So which fur, further cemented the idea in my head that I really need to leave this fast food alone because I'm blowing money on food I don't even enjoy and getting fatter for it. The next time it happened was actually today because Angel ran out while Zalea was asleep and she went to Sheets. I was like, oh, just give me two uh, hot dogs. And for those of you who don't know, Sheets is a giant uh, gas station slash convenience store chain um, around these parts. I know up north, I, I don't think Sheets are as prominent as they are in our area of the country. But I was like, yeah, you're scrambling two hot dogs uh, with uh, mustard and onion on them. And that's it. No, nothing too fancy. Now, Sheets' menu is massive. They got food for just about anything you could want. And normally, as long as they're not too busy, they make it in a quick fashion. I uh, tried those hot dogs and they were... They were not good again. Were not good again. Now that's more to blame on me asking for a blame hot dog, a blame, a bland hot dog, so to speak, with the mustard and onions. Plant like it wasn't nothing fancy. Like I didn't go overboard with it. Like give me all the ketchup, and I don't want to taste my dog. Like nor and normally though the the hot dogs are on point. And it just wasn't this time. And just another reminder myself that I need to stop eating this trash. Trash, trash, trash into a ditch. Yeah. <laughs> to the fun. Okay. Musical interlude over.
And while we stay on the subject of trash, I'm going to take a drink here. On Thursday night, we went to Angel's uh, school. They had a family movie night, had some pizza, some pizza, delicious pizza, Al's pizza for $2 a slice. And me and Leah had some pizza and then they're showing a Christmas movie. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. This is the first time that I've watched Lost in New York since I was a kid. I had never rewatched the sequel since I realized that I sat through this movie. I did not own Lost in New York like I own the original Home Alone. As I'm sitting there and watching Kevin McAllister dig for batteries and for his talk boy and then lose his father in the airport and then accidentally board a plane to New York instead of Florida. As I watch him use his dad's credit card and the talk boy to check into a fancy hotel. As I saw him ask Donald Trump himself for directions to the lobby in this 1991 or 92. I feel like it was a 92 film. So I watched him do that. Yeah, because he was 10 in this movie. He was eight in the first one. As I watched him go about his day in New York and sightsee all by himself. It's trash. That's why I paused that time. That wasn't a yawn and that wasn't me drinking water. Home Alone 2 is trash. I already know the 3 and 4 are trash because they didn't even try. They're just like, hey, we got the Home Alone title. Let's uh, throw some new kids in there and uh, see what happens there. Let's see what we can make magic happen again, guys. Didn't work. Home Alone 2 is trash because it's the exact same formula as 1. Now, hear me out. This is coming from the same guy who just a couple episodes ago recommended that you check out the hangover trilogy again. And the big problem with the hangover is a lot of people say hangover two is exactly like one. It is. The only difference in these two things is what was funny. The first time in home alone is not funny in home alone two. The gangster scene's a little funny, but once you've seen home alone, you've seen home alone two. Easily. I feel like the things that happen in Hangover 1 versus Hangover 2 are totally different outcomes and storylines. and It doesn't matter that they are a similar film. Or even that the third kind of starts out that way. But it just, it just made me sad to see Kevin McAllister, Macaulay Culkin, doing his thing so young. Getting a huge payday, come back to the sequel. Everybody came back for the sequel. It's the 90s. They're trying, they try and get that money because they were there. The money was rolling out back in them days. Like, oh, you want to do a sequel? Cool. We'll be there. When? Everybody came back for the sequel. Did not matter. Well, the only, the only guy that didn't make it back for a sequel was the old guy who Kevin was scared of. They replaced him with the pigeon lady. But we left probably about three-fourths of the way through last I saw Kevin had just grabbed that girl's butt and then she punched both Marv and um drawing a blank Harry and then Kevin ran into Central Park and they're like oh good luck kid you're there are grown men and don't come out of Central Park alive obviously he lives and reunites with his mother Catherine O'Hara and pretty much 
cancels family vacations for at least the next two to three years in the McAllister family after they're brave enough to do it a year after they left their kid at home. So I'm sad to report that Home Alone 2 is trash as well. So here's some recent stuff that happened. Drake's latest, not album, not a mixtape, Drake's latest playlist entitled More Life has been pushed back to 2017. When in 2017, we have no idea. It was just announced on OVO Sound Radio, and then Drake also confirmed it, confirmed it, confirmed it on his Instagram. So for those of you looking forward to Drake's new project, More Life, it is pushed back. And me, what I'm hoping to see, which I doubt, is a return to form for Drake because as I have mentioned on here before, I'm not a huge fan of views. I'm a fan of Marcus's version of views. Shout out to the markrob.wordpress.com. You can find a playlist on there too. You can find that Drake playlist and his version of views. And it's much, much better versus the actual retail version of views. I was really hoping that we would get this new Drake and I know it's supposed to be a compilation kind of deal is what it really is, but I still thought we would get some reaffirming my position kind of joints out of them. And we haven't gotten those yet. Granted is Drake and he is known to drop four or six singles in a random night out of nowhere in between projects. I don't think I've listened to his last leaks that came out yet. But the thing with Drake is he needs this moment. He needs to prove that Views is kind of like a speed bump and not a turn, a detour in the road towards average mediocre pop music that sells and that mainstream radio will play. So I'm interested to see what happens with more life in 2017. I just thought I'd throw that out there for all you people who are hanging anxiously waiting on Drake's new uh, playlist to drop. Next topic. I'm going to get some water. Episode is still um, inspired. Sponsored by Water. Feel like I'm on Sesame Street. W A T E R Water. Ah 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 ah. And yeah, I know the count just spelled. Who cares? Who cares? You're not listening to Hyphenation for accurate portrayals of the count. I hope not. <laughs> if so, let me know. Send in your letters and questions, and I will read and answer them all in episode thirty, the Q and A episode, first annual. I can see it now. Hyphen or Kellen. Why did you make the count spell? Everybody knows the count doesn't spell. You've ruined my childhood. Sincerely, your friend Greg. No idea who Greg was. It just popped in my head randomly. You're welcome, America. <sighs> Next topic. So are you one of those cool dudes or dudettes who can pick up a beer and it'd be a beer that needs its top popped. You can't just twist off. And instead of calmly waiting to be given a bottle opener or finding it yourself or 
using the wine opener like I normally do or use the one on my keys. You take out your cigarette, not your cigarette, you take out your lighter, put it to the side of the bottle, the beer, and then pop the lid off yourself with the bottom of the lighter. If you're able to do this, congratulations to you. That's like magic to me. See, what, 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 what happened was I had one beer left down here from last night after I did 26. And I was doing some stuff down here today and bringing some stuff down. So I was like, oh, I'm going to crack that beer. But I didn't have a bottle opener. They were upstairs. I was like, I'm not taking this beer all the way up there to crack it open. I know. I got some lighters down here. Let me just go ahead and try my luck at popping this top off. So I, I put the bottle, the lighter, on the bottle and pushed upside down, of course, to try to pop it off. And it kind of skimmed off. And then my better, my common sense said, hey, don't do this. You're going to rip through your knuckles. This is a bad idea. Do not do this. It's a bad idea. Don't do it. And there it is. You just tore through your knuckles. My middle finger, my ring finger on my right hand, and my pinky all got it as uh, my unsuccessful attempt of popping the lid, popping the bottle with the lighter failed miserably. And then the unforgiving metal of the lid of the beer bottle cut into my skin. We don't always deal in proud moments here in here on hyphenation the world's greatest podcast but the truth will set you free and so will bleed in your own blood on a saturday afternoon because of your own dumbness next topic ah the last topic something that i want to expand on from my earlier comments about the mountaineers being trash in football when i was younger i picked all my teams based on various reasons I was a Raiders fan because my dad was a Raiders fan. And so I just stuck with him. Been a Raiders fan officially since I was a kid. The Bulls had Michael Jordan and thusly I wanted to follow Michael Jordan's team. And then when he left, I did dabble a little bit with Philadelphia as my team. But then eventually I came back to the Bulls around 2003 when I drafted Jason Williams and I've been a Bulls fan again ever since. Hockey, I really don't care. Eh, whatever. Not even a Penguins fan. Baseball, I was originally an Athletics fan, an Oakland A's fan, because they had Ricky Henderson, and I really liked Ricky Henderson for some reason when I started getting into baseball. So I was an A's fan for a few years. Once Jacobs Field opened and the Indians started rolling out that killer lineup, killer teams in the mid-'90s, the one that possibly would have went to the World Series in '94 lost the World Series in 95, and then lost it again in 97. Right? Yeah. 95? No. Who won the World Series in 95? No, that's right. The Yankees won in 96. They beat the Braves. The Braves beat the Indians in 95. I was an Indians fan until the late 90s when they started officially sending out the last pieces of those World Series contenders out. So I was pretty much without a home for years, but I knew I hated the Yankees. And eventually I was like, you know what? I hate the Yankees so much. 
I'm just going to go with their chief rival. I'm going to be a Boston Red Sox fan. So, because of this, I became a Red Sox fan in 2003 and watched Aaron Boone kill our season. And then, of course, 2004 happened in 2007 and 2013. So, thank you very much, three-time World Series champion since I've become a fan in 2003. Can't complain there. And the Red Sox are going to be my final destination for a baseball team. In college, it was a little different. I never felt any kind of way about Virginia or Virginia Tech when I was a kid. Neither did my dad. My dad's team was Alabama. And Alabama wasn't good when I was a kid. Not like that. So I was like, eh, whatever, I'm not going to really be in Alabama. My brother, my half-brother, has always been a Miami Hurricanes fan. He's been a Hurricanes fan because of the way that he was a part of the 80s dynasties. He saw the way they carried himself. He pretty much lived the era of the first U-film. That was the reason why Beamer was a Hurricanes fan. And when I moved to West Virginia and I wasn't around him as much anymore because he was still in Winchester, Virginia, I decided I'm going to be a Hurricanes fan because of Beamer. So I picked my college football team. And then with uh, college basketball, it was kind of like the same thing. I dabbled for a second. I'm going to confess this. I dabbled a second like at Duke when they were winning national championships, but I didn't commit. Did not commit. I realized Michael Jordan went to North Carolina. I'm going to like North Carolina. So since I made that realization, I've been a North Carolina fan all this time. So in elementary school, they didn't talk a whole lot about the Mountaineers and Cape and Bridge. Like there was never, if they did, I missed it. No one was ever talking about how the Mountaineers did, what was scored a game, who ran or what. Very rarely did I hear anything about the Mountaineers, even in 93 when the Mountaineers had a great season. Of course, 93 was my first year out there. And, um, or wait, that was 93 season, not the 92 season. That would be my second year. And my fifth grade teacher wasn't into sports like that. My previous teacher, Mrs. Serball, was because she used to watch the Mike Jordan games when they were on and then come to school and tell me how Mike did. Because she knew I was a big Michael Jordan fan. Wonder what she's doing. I, ho- I hope she's doing well. Or if for some reason. No, no, I ain't going to say that. I hope that she's doing well. Not going to jump to conclusions. Shout out Mrs. Serball. Get to middle school. Which was junior high for me. Cape and Bridge Junior High Bobcat. It was junior high until a year after I left. And then they moved the ninth grade up to the high school officially. And they moved the sixth graders from elementary school to what became then a middle school instead of a junior high school. Thusly, the first memory I have of Mountaineer football was when Amos Saraway, in his first start maybe, I don't remember his first start or what, but when he, he first exploded on the scene and had those super long runs for touchdowns, my uh, teacher, Mr. Kuykendall, who I recently just added on Facebook, Long time, Cape and Bridge Junior High slash middle school. No, Cape and Bridge Junior High. I don't know if he coached middle school. Long time basketball coach there. Um, knew my dad very well. Or knows my dad very well. Jeez. 
<laughs> Struggle bars. That's what this feels like right now. He was like, "Did you see what uh, see what Amos Zeroway did the other day?" I'm like, "No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even hear about it. I think I might have saw a little bit on Sports Center." He's like, "I got it on tape." So he showed me the tapes of Zeroway just taking off for those long runs for touchdowns. And that's when I first became aware of West Virginia Mountaineers. So what I did is I kind of co, as much as I just said something about Jonathan liking two NFL teams, I have multiple teams in college sports, which I feel is totally warranted, warranted because I have my original teams. I'm a Mountaineer fan by choice, considering one, I live in Morgantown, and two, I've grown up in West Virginia. So I feel like those are both qualifying to be Mountaineer fans. But then I'm not going to give up my allegiances to Miami or North Carolina. Having said that, when I moved up here in 2003, um, Miami was still in the Big East. It was their last year in the Big East, in fact, I think. They, They might have stayed in 2004. Um, but it was one of their last seasons in the Big East, and they played um, the Mountaineers here at home. And I had been at work, and I finally got off, and I got over to Angel's apartment and her, and I think uh, my roommate Steve were watching the game. Everybody's cheering Mountaineers. I come in and start cheering for uh, for the Hurricanes. Everybody's all mad at me, like, you can't do that. You can't do that. You're supposed to be cheering for the Mountaineers. I'm like, the Hurricanes are my team way before the Mountaineers. I'm cheering for the Mountaineers. And that's the same game where Quincy Wilson killed a guy and scored a touchdown. It was a touchdown, right? I think it was a touchdown when he ran over the Miami player. Ah, oh, struggling to think. Miami ended up winning. That was that was a good time had by all, mainly me. And since then, the only time that I've ever compromised my love for the Mountaineers is for Miami. And I... And then they got out of our conference, so it was not a big deal. But now we're playing in a bowl against them. And you know what? I'm going to have to cheer for the Hurricanes. If the Mountaineers win, good. Good for them. I'm totally cool with that. But I'm going to have to pull for the Hurricanes. That's just how it is. You don't always... A lot of people... (laughs) I don't want to say something will get me in trouble later. (laughs) I just feel like that's that's only right. If that was your team before, before you co-opted this other team because of your situation, your living situation, which is essentially why I became a Mountaineers fan because I live here, and now I really live in Morgantown. I don't see it being an issue for me to cheer for the Hurricanes. I'm not going to cheer for both teams. I'm not going to wish bad on the Mountaineers, but I'm not going to be upset if Skylar throws picks and we run them back. You know what I'm saying? And North Carolina playing West Virginia will only happen in the tournament somehow. And normally we draw Duke. So I can't remember last time that we've actually played North Carolina. But same thing, I'm going to cheer for North Carolina. Sorry, sorry boys. Blood comes thicker than water, I guess. Mm. And the Mount Air football team is trash. I, uh, my uh, boss saw one of my snaps out on my Hurricanes jersey hoodie. And he's like... Why are you taking snaps in a Hurricanes hoodie? Like, because I have Hurricanes hoodies. Like, don't ever do that again. And then um, on Friday, like I said, it was cold as hell. So I wore my my Tar Heels hoodie underneath my peacoat to work. 
And then when my coworkers saw it, like, man, I can't believe you were in Tar Heels in here. I'm like, that was my team before the Mountaineers. Got to stay repping. I just hope that, uh, nah, never mind. I'm not even going to go there either. <laughs> oh, man. Recommendations. Got three for y'all. If you're into wrestling, even if you're not into wrestling, go to a local GameStop and purchase WWE 2K14. You can get it used for low, low price, I imagine. And hell, you might even be able to get a newer copy if you can find one for a good price, too, because uh, 15 is out, 16 is out, and if I'm not mistaken, I think 17 is the one that's out currently. So there's no reason that you can't go get this game. The game has this mode called Road to WrestleMania or 30 Years of WrestleMania. You can play major matches from all 29 WrestleManias leading up to that year's WrestleMania 30. Some of them have multiple years. That mode's a lot of fun. There's a beat the streak mode where you try to beat Undertaker at WrestleMania. I still haven't successfully done it, and I've owned this game for a couple years now. There is universe mode, which I play all the time, where I'm actually running uh, my own shows with my own rosters each week. And then I, what I do is I pick a character to play as, which is ironic considering that I just disowned him. But Dolph, you're still my dude in 2K14. And we're killing it, by the way. When you hear this, Dolph, I've been the Intercontinental Champion for like 43 weeks, and I'm nearing the number one contender status to win the big gold belt, which is um the title for Raw, which is the show I'm on. But it's just a lot of fun. I mean, what I've been doing the past two weekends, I turned it right back on. It was easy to pick it back up and get back to it and just play my shows. And I can come down here and rip off a quick five, ten-minute match and then go upstairs and get back to doing whatever I'm doing up there. And it's it's just a fun game. I... I 2K, uh, or not 2K, WWE 13 was a lot of fun too. 2K 14 is essentially an updated 13, and 13 is an updated 12. <laughs> I haven't played it beyond that. I think they changed some things in 15 and 16, definitely by 16. So, um, and I heard that the PS3 port of uh, 17 is trash, so I'll be avoiding that, even though I do want to update my rosters at some point. Next recommendation is a comic strip called Pearls Before Swine by Jeff Pastis. I discovered this in the WVU student paper, the Daily Athenaeum, hell, over 11 years ago by now. Um, It's about a pig and a mouse and a zebra and a goat. They all live together and they get into zany situations. Mostly it's rat being mean to pig because rat is the jerk of the strip and pig is a naive Goat is the philosophical one, and the zebra is kind of the same thing, uh, comic relief, where he's always home out getting eaten because zebras get preyed on in the, food, in the food chain. And then there's these crocodiles, which drink beer and are bad parents, and they're hilarious. There's always, and they always are trying to trick zebra to get zebra to uh, come out in the open so they can eat zebra. It's really good, and I actually lent them out to Heather's son, Jackson and he read them I think he read them he might not read them but at least I know he checked some of it out um and I was reading some of it today um again for the first time since I bought them probably and it's still laughing laughing my ass off so if you're looking for 
Um, if you're looking for something like a, not, not even this, not even a certain need. If if you like comic strips, go to your local comic strip, comic strip. Go to your local comic shop or bookstore because I got these a bookstore. More than likely the bookstore, and go to the comic book section, and they have the little treasuries, which is what is what I got, which has a whole bunch of strips printed in it. And plus he has a little behind the scenes dialogue for each one that he's typed up, which is really cool. Not every single one, but most of them have that. Or you can get the smaller books that um, print um, certain runs of the strips too. So um, please check out Pearls Before Swan. And I bet you it's in your daily newspaper too. So if you're still reading newspapers, you can always find it in there or just go to comics.com and read it there. It's good stuff. Last recommendation is a person. And that person is Cody Rhodes. In case you ain't know, spoilers, Cody Rhodes is the newest member of New New Pro Japan Wrestling. Yeah, MPJW. He's the new newest member of Bullet Club. And Bullet Club is the biggest stable out in professional wrestling right now and it's even bigger than anything WWE is doing he recently joined Bullet Club he is a champion in TNA and a champion in Ring of Honor already not Ring of Honor in Global Force Wrestling what Cody did a few months ago was Cody was stuck as Stardust after he went uh, creative went that route for him after they had a really great angle where he fought for his job with his dad and his brother Goldust, his dad Dusty and Goldust, and had all this momentum and then they killed it. Killed it. Just like they killed all his momentum with Damian Sandow, which should have been an easy money two month feud between the two. Never never materialized really. And they saddled Cody with this Stardust character. And Cody, Cody's a good soldier, so he did it for a while. I think he did it for a couple, maybe multiple years at this point. Maybe a year and a half with the, with the gold dust thing, the stardust thing. Fully committed. And apparently he went to the creative and was like, hey, um, I'm ready to stop being stardust. I want to get back to being Cody. Like, I have I have good ideas for Cody. I feel like Cody's ready for main event pitcher. Ready for something besides just the IC title every now and then. And never really got a response to that because he brought it in when he was still in suspension or um not suspension i think i just mixed up my mixed up two stories um the suspension part sorry but he he had um brought it up and never got a response so like i'll just stay just stay uh stardust no big deal that's my vince vince mcmahon voice and cody eventually just got fed up and it was maybe four or five months ago he left WWE. Of course, he had a no complete, no no complete, no compete clause, so he couldn't clause, no compete clause, so he couldn't work for anybody for a while. But when he came back, he had a match at Kurt Angle, which was huge. Um, and that was after, I think it was after they did Kurt's retirement angle in TNA. Maybe it was in the midst of all that, the midst, the midst of all that. Um, he signed with. Uh, he he was doing local or not local shows. He was doing in, independent shows, um, doing well with those. He signed with Ring of Honor. He signed with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he signed with Global Force. 
And like I said, oh, and he signed with TNA. So he might not be. No, I think he's on Ring of Honor too. He's everywhere. Cody Rhodes is having the best year of any wrestler out. And I was saying, telling people for a while, Cody needs to get a push. Same that I would say with Ziggler, like Cody's ready. And creative didn't fill it. And then all these other companies are taking advantage of WWE's mistake. Cody is having the best year out of anybody in professional wrestling. So if you can find any of the work Cody Rhodes is doing, don't play yourself. Go find it and watch it. That's my third recommendation. You can find all the hyphenation podcasts on behyphen.com. All 27 episodes of Fire! You can find Hyphenation on iTunes. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Gets more eyes on the show, more ears on the show. And that way, more people will find out about the greatness and about the world's greatest podcast that you are already listening to. I need all my listeners to go forth. And here's my challenge. I want you all... Everybody who enjoys the show, just take the time to share it with one person a week. Just just one. For every episode I, I do, I want y'all to just go out there and be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna share this with with so and so. Like, hey, check out this podcast. It's really good. I enjoy it. So just anytime I drop an episode, just take the time and share it to somebody and I'd appreciate that. That's that's my mission for you guys. You can find Hyphenation on Google Play, on Stitcher, on the TuneIn app, so you can listen to it there. There's all kinds of places you can find Hyphenation. It's on Overcast, Pocket Cast. I think Overcast might not be the right name, but I'm not going to look tonight. You can Google it, Hyphenation Podcast. Because if you just put hyphenation, I'm I'm not coming up at the top on that one. But hyphenation podcast, you'll find me for sure on the Googler. On the Google. If you go to behyphen.com and go to the bottom of the site, you'll see the fee burner link under underneath hyphenation. Put that into your favorite podcast listening device and you can listen to all the episodes right there as well. If you want to get in contact with me, be hyphen at gmail.com, B-H-Y-P-H-E-N at gmail.com. You can at me on Twitter at be hyphen or message me on Facebook at facebook.com slash resilient redundancies. Again, episode 30 is going to be the Q&A episode. Please start sending in your questions. All right, guys, I'm from Marcus. Looking forward to hearing from anybody else who can hear my voice right now. I don't care how weird it is. And please, please, please send multiple questions if you got them. If you only got one, that's fine. But if you got multiple, that's dope. Super dope. (sighs) Hyphenation, BKA, the world's greatest podcast, is sponsored by themarkrob.wordpress.com. Go Read it and subscribe today and Handsome Bane. Go subscribe on YouTube. Go follow on Facebook. No, go follow on Instagram and like it. Like the page on Facebook so you don't miss a minute of the Handsome One 
doing his thing when he's doing his thing. Because when he's doing his thing, he's doing his thing. And if you don't know he's doing his thing, you're missing out on on him doing his thing. So you don't want to miss out on him doing his thing. So you better be doing your thing and making sure that you catch him doing his thing every time he does his thing. Word up. I'm out. (laughs) That'd be the perfect way to go out. Nah. Nah. Hyphenation 27. As usual, it's always a pleasure to be here with y'all. I'm going to get to bed. It's late. I'm sleepy. This is well worth it. If I rambled some, I'm sorry. But I think I managed to put it together. I know this one is going to have a lot of gaps in it. So I'm going to try to cut cut out the gaps. Hopefully the gaps are noticeable enough that I can see them without having to really get to the nitty gritty of the audio. That's my goal. So go forth. Be nice to each other. Hold a door for somebody. Say thank you. Say please. Excuse me. Just common courtesy. You do that. You're doing your part. I can't say the world's going to be a better place. I can't tell you that the world will be better. But I can tell you that you're doing your part. And that's all I ask. With that said, until next time, thanks, y'all.